Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. have to hop on to the podcast i love how we kind of just like because jay you're always you're you're basically our boat right you you basically give us j-bombs that sounds kind of wrong but you give us j-bombs and when you told us about that Kyrie wants traded it's like okay well we're scrapping our whole like schedule we had, we had an agenda we did have an agenda the agenda is good it's a good it agenda was good. that's what i thought too. it was jam-packed and everything and then Kyrie just decided that, oh, you know what? I want out. I want out of Brooklyn, which is strange. Dre, Dre you said it best. It's strange because the Nets are playing pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. And this is without Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant is injured. Uh, where do you guys want to start, man? Do you want to start there? We, I guess we, we have, have to. We kind of have yeah, to. We have to. Fresh. Yeah, we kind of have to. Uh, thoughts? Kyrie out of out of Brooklyn? We don't know where yet, but he wants out. And there's there's probably a reason for it, right? Well, the same the same thing happened. Well, I think everyone has this, the same first reaction, which is why, why now, why with with all the drama you've kind of brought into this organization, into this league, uh, into this universe over the last six months, year, whatever, um, actually much longer than that. Why now? Why? Um, and I think it's fairly simple to explain that, like his contract is does end at the end of this year. They have been speaking about contract extensions and, and things of that nature, and negotiations fell through. I guess they couldn't 
figure out a, a final number to land on. And uh, according to Shams, you know, he the 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 team offered something with some guarantees in there, and it was far from what he was expecting. So they squashed it, and that's where we're at. So this is where I kinda, 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 for once, I think ever. I kind of side with Kyrie on this. Mm. Um, not that we should be taking sides or anything, but the reason I'm saying that is because if if he was really insulted by the offer and and said, you know what, I hate this organization, I want out, which is what you know you'll think when you hear that someone's requested a trade. I I think he would just you know reject the contract offer and then play out the season, then leave in free agency. That's the best way at getting back at the organization, right? But right. right. He decided, no, um, you know, I, my buddy Katie is here and, and I don't want to leave you guys high and dry. So I'm going to request a trade uh, so that, you know, I'm going to be out the door anyways after the season. So might as well recoup some value, get something for me in return. So yeah, that's the way but, I see it. Um, but doesn't but yeah, that mean know. that like whoever signs Kyrie basically means they're taking on the Kawhi effect, right? You're signing him for the rest of the year. Uh I mean, maybe it's not that the same because Kawhi was in summer, but this one is like we're probably not going to sign you, uh, or he Kyrie's probably not going to want to sign who, with whomever uh, because he wants to he wants to go free agency. He wants to see what's out there. Okay, what do you think? I, uh, I mean, you can see it as this thing of nobility if you want. Um, regardless the way i see it it puts the nets in a really bad spot and it places whoever he signs with in a really bad spot because at least Agreed. with Kawhi, yeah. you can guarantee yourself like we talked about you can guarantee yourself a season um here you're not you're um it, like let's be honest what i can easily foresee happening is and I'm not crapping on this guy because I'm a very big fan of his, and you know I am. Effectively, what we kind of saw was Jimmy Butler and the 76ers, where he went to them midway through the season from the from the Timberwolves. And that was a little bit different. That was they should have kept him instead of Tobias or whatever, however you want to see it. But basically, it's like this very temporary playoff burst wherever he goes, depending on where he goes. And if it works out, um, maybe he'll stick around. If not, he's hopping over to the next team where, like Jimmy Butler went to the Heat, where he could be like the number one option. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll get into the whole all-star snub thing later on, I'm sure, speaking of that. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, you know, Kyrie might even choose to do the same thing where it's like, okay, so the Lakers didn't go very far. And I'm saying them with reason. Uh, the Lakers didn't go very far. Like, I hope that they would have. And, LeBron 2.0 didn't work out. So now I'm going to abandon ship because my contract is up and I'm going to go to, I don't know, um, one of these struggling teams that need me. Maybe the Spurs who are going to pick up Webinyama. So now like I'll be the lead, but he's the rookie under my wing. I, I don't know. But basically I feel like it's going to be, he's going to be looking for that Boston again where he could be the number one option. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's what he's looking for right now. Because he obviously is asking for this to be on a contending team. And all I could foresee is that it doesn't work out. And then he abandoned ships to go to another team again. And it kind of just has leaves me puzzled that 
in this day and age, you have so many like um, perennial players who wind up being on like five, six, seven teams. Whereas if you like go backwards and you look at like the people who never left their teams, like Novitsky and Duncan, uh, or the people who played on a couple of teams, like uh, Garnett, you know, that doesn't really exist too, too much anymore. Like you have a few players who just are on the same team forever, or they make a splash in a couple of franchises. But a lot of coveted, beloved players don't really have that relationship with their franchises anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Wolves just tweeted out that Brooklyn's Kyrie Irving has not shared a list of preferred teams, but he has maintained an interest in the Lakers. LA is expected oh, to be among the teams that explore possible trade through the Nets. So, here's my question The Lakers have nothing. The Lakers don't have anything to trade except for. What did I tell you? I mean, mean, it's the trade. It's the trade that was destined to be. It's going to be Russ. Uh, Okay, that's fair. (sighs) And then you reunite Kyrie with with LeBron and Russ with KD. And then, so what you're saying, you're gonna you're gonna give four like you're gonna give forty. 40 mil to AD, you're going to give 38 mil to LeBron, you're going to give another 35 mil to Kyrie, and then you're just left with scrubs. You're, that's exactly what you have right now. You're giving 35 or 40 mil to Russ. You're giving 44 to Russ, actually. You're oh, getting a discount Lord. here. I don't know how any of these are going to work out if this trade does happen outside of, hey, let's actually kamikaze these teams for good. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to have uh, Kyrie and LeBron fighting for the ball, especially with LeBron trying to, like, solidify his GOAT status. I mean, the trade's not going to happen before he passes the number one, like, all-time leading scoring, so that doesn't matter. But um, I don't see that working out, and I don't see Russ working out on the Nets. I think this is very silly. The <laughs> Nets... The Nets... It- quite honestly, is hilarious. From going from James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving down to Ben Simmons and possibly Wessel Westbrook, Kevin Durant is going to hate playing with those guys. I mean, there's a trickle-down effect, Jason. What's the trickle-down effect? The uh, trickle-down effect is KD will then want out. This is why mm, Raptors Twitter is He already did. Right he already did want out. No. That's interesting. This makes... I didn't even think about that. That makes it even that, more... Yeah, NBA Twitter is very fast, very fast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I keep on just refreshing, and then like, it's one like, it's later, like chess. It's like, like Kyrie wants out. Oh my gosh, KD's coming to Toronto. That's that's yeah. how quickly these things, the, the these things go. It's hilarious because three most trending things that are happening in Canada right now: Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Masai. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, right. In Masai, we trust. Okay, so let's talk about that. So. If Kyrie Irving, this is the thing, Kyrie Irving is asking to be traded now. The trade deadline is six days away. We're recording this on uh, February 3rd. Uh, Trade deadline is on February 9th. He wants, he's asking to be out now, uh, which means that, you know, they got six days. It's going to happen. That something's like, this is crazy. This whole timeline, this, this is coming out of nowhere. Uh, But it, I guess, like you said, Jay, it kind of makes sense on Kyrie's point of view, and also, I and also in uh, Brooklyn's point of view, because he could walk in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get, get something for him now, right? And um, again, it's kind of like he's doing them a solid, right? Um, yeah, they, they have. It's been it's been you know uh, reported that they have been working on contract negotiations recently, and the timing of that makes sense. It's like this is the fallback. The fallback is if we can't reach a deal. 
at least we've given ourselves a little bit of time to try to strike a deal, right? And right. Uh, sorry, uh, a trade. Um, and of course, like the the initial thought is going to go to the Lakers. And if I remember correctly, and, and Dre, maybe you have a better memory. You have a better memory than I do. The Lakers were the only ones who had any interest in him. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that was it. It wasn't even just kind of like with Katie. When Katie requested the trade, there were multiple teams with with possible pieces they could offer mm-hmm. with Kyrie it was like nobody wants to offer anything for Kyrie it was like the Lakers and that's it right like I, and I think I that's where we are wrong. again well oh no wasn't there also but this is always the case the Knicks oh maybe maybe because <laughs> and I, they I do mean, have they still feel they still feel burnt after that whole thing happened where they missed out on Zion and then they missed out on both Katie and Kyrie like they're still they're still hurting, even though they're doing better than than the Lakers are right now. They're still hurting, and or like they're always leaping to every superstar in the market. Like their name always comes up first. Them, the Lakers. It's the same. But I'm pretty sure at least New York came up. I swear, if if the Liberty somehow get Kyrie, that's it. Like this this WNBA season is over. They are. Stacked. It already is. They just got Vandersloot. Like what? Do you, like I know. It, it's I it's know. them and the Aces. That's it. It's, it's incredible. Uh, love the segue. <laughs> wow. Um, um, okay. So wait to finish this off. Uh, in the last thirteen months, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden have now all requested trades from the Brooklyn Nets. Is it? Yes. Is it the organization? Is there something wait, going on there? Wait, who's re- <laughs> okay? So like, are these? Sorry, I missed out completely. Kind of just zoned out there. These are people who have already re- requested tra- trades, or are there more coming out after Kyrie? No, these, these are, are the ones, ones who already. requested trades over the last year. Like, okay, J- like this time last year, James Harden requested the trade. And okay. then, of course, there was KD and, and Kyrie. Since. See, if, you want, if you want to know what ADHD looks like, Jay, that's, that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, we, we, we're had, we, had, we were talking right before we, we went on air that uh, it, does Kyrie have ADHD? Like no, he always I do. wants to be the, the main <laughs> character in Twitter like every month or so. No, I do. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> This is this is just bonkers, man. I mean, Twitter is going crazy, of course, as always. Um, the the Lakers seem to, I guess, Laker fans seems to want this to happen. Try to get that rest deal out. Try to get Kyrie in. That's gonna be theatrical. Everyone's gonna want to have popcorn there. I'm very intrigued about Brooklyn. What they're gonna do with Kevin Durant? So, time will tell, guys. I mean, six days until trade deadline. We still don't. We this was in the schedule. We were gonna talk about. The inevitability of possibly OG trading or being traded, or I think it's uh, certain at this point. Gary really? trading or February. Okay, so here we go. This is a good segue. Is this happening again? Yes. Six days away to Feb- February 9th, trade deadline. Uh, multiple, multiple teams asking for OG and Anobi. <laughs> uh, do you think it's inevitable, Dre? I feel like you already say yes. Unfortunately, yes. Okay, explain. The, and the, and the odds makers back you up. Uh, right yeah. now, he has the the quote unquote best odds or whatever to, to be traded. So I don't know if I can believe this nonsense about he's requesting to leave because we don't see any formal statements. Um, I've seen like a lot of rumblings, but not necessarily from the sources I trust. Mm-hmm. Having said that, that's not necessarily why. I think that that's going to happen. 
I there's a lot of that, like enough that it's kind of suspicious in the same way that like you know we could shrug off before with other things in the past which have kind of come to fruition but in this particular instance i feel like we need to do something and yeah uh, somebody is going to be going and i feel like if they're worried about van vliet and the playmaking and all of that stuff they're maybe looking for like a big who's like bigger to help in that department um he's got a huge trade value at this point he's very coveted Whereas I feel like uh, Van Vliet's kind of gone down, especially since turning down that option that he could have had. Um, I unfortunately, like, I don't know who else is going or if it's just OG, but I, I'm i like, let's say like 80% sure that OG's gone, unfortunately. I don't know to who, but what we're going to get back, if it's rebuild mold, mode or just like retooling mode, I have no idea. But I feel like he's like gone, unfortunately. Hmm. Jason, Jay. your thoughts? Because I feel like if I give my answer, it'll segue to the next part. So, so okay. Let's, let's my thoughts is I've I and I think I kind of have been thinking about this the whole time that we've been on the slide. Is that the Raptors never really do much at the trade deadline outside of like you know what they did with Marcus All, what Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, if they're going to do stra- strategically. Next year, if you want to be contenders next year, the best option is to keep OG, right? Whatever trade asset you're going to get, you're going to trade it. What's looking like is you're going to trade OG for a bunch of draft picks, which he he definitely is worthy of, and possibly, possibly like a bench score. Sure. That's not going to make you better next year. And if the whole purpose is to be better in the coming years uh, and and not tanking, then OG is definitely a keep to option. If I don't feel like Masai and Bobby are panicking, much to a lot no. of Raptors' chagrin, no. you know, we yes, we're not doing the best. We're twelfth in the East, and it doesn't it. it Every game seems like the old story. We're we're in it for the first two. We play great defense, and then we start to wear down. Uh, we play too many minutes for the starters because we just don't have a bench. And this is just on. I feel like there's a. We talked about it last last week, Jay. This is on everybody. This is on the players, the coaching staff, the GM, the the front office, and everything. But that doesn't mean that we should just hit the restart button uh, just for the sake of hitting the restart button, right? If, if we want to be strategic, if we want to be better next year, I think the best option is to keep OG or to wait until the summer to see if there's a better option because I feel like we have to sure up the bench more. Our top five guys are really good individually. Maybe there's some tweaking to, to be had, but maybe it's just not playing them for 45 minutes every single game. And it's just to get clarity when it comes to are we going to be tanking? Are we going for, to be a contender? Because we don't want to be in the middle. I think that on it's it's hard to think that nothing is happening because there's so many things being said by Woj, by by Shams, by Shem, uh, Sean Marks, by like there's just too many uh, high uh, profile people talking about this, and it's just strange because the Raptors never leak, so it seems like this is an inevitability. But it's just so weird to think that this is all happening um, because we just don't leak. But again, I don't think that we should we should hit the panic button. I think that we should still be patient just a little bit. But I'm on the same end as you, Dre. I wouldn't be surprised. 
let's just put it that way. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if if we pulled the trade with OG. Jay, what about you, man? I think if there's one Raptor who will be traded, my money is on on OG. Uh, again, that doesn't necessarily mean he will. I agree with you that the Raptors definitely should not be in any kind of panic mode. They have all the leverage here. Um, yes, they can. They can move past this trade deadline without making a single move, and I would be happy. And here's a reason why. Um, well, let, let me first get the Fred and Gary parts out of the way. Um, Fred makes, I think, 22 mil. Uh, Gary makes about 18, something like that, right? So they're mm-hmm. both on really good contracts if you're trying to acquire that. Very team-friendly contracts. They can both opt out in the offseason and leave for nothing, but on the flip side, they can also renegotiate new contracts, meaning they will get paid more. So think of that from the Raptors' perspective. If the Raptors still want to trade them in the offseason, trading Gary at $18 million now or trading Gary at $25 million in the summer, hmm. you get more back. So again, there's no, at least from my viewpoint, there's no panic to trade Gary or Fred now unless the price is right and that goes the same for og now og's in a bit of a different position he's locked in at 18 for a couple of seasons so it's an extremely team-friendly contract yes we already know that he would fit into any team so again the raptors have the leverage here they can keep playing off all the bidders as much as they want apparently memphis doesn't want new orleans to get him and vice versa mm-hmm. it's it's really great to see from this perspective of the raptors getting back a lot of value um, and, and it kind of goes to my, my next point here. And, and I'll, I will wrap this up by saying that, um, I ultimately think that he will get traded. Um, but this is kind of leads into something I wrote about recently on, on, on Raptors HQ about how the Raptors are quietly tanking. Now, mm-hmm. when you think about tanking, there are two things that jump out to me. Number one is, uh, a team will, will bench their players, right? Like think about OKC and benching. Shea last year or the year before. Um, that's what you will do if you're tanking. The other thing that tanking teams will do is they will, um, you know, essentially not be, like they're just not good enough to to win these games, right? And mm-hmm. um, that's a, a question of roster construction. But I think the Raptors are doing neither of those and still tanking. So instead of benching your stars, they're doing the opposite. They're saying, we're going to play our starters 40 minutes a game, tire them the hell out so that by the fourth quarter when it's winning time, they're too tired or gassed <laughs> to win these games. That's an interesting... Uh, and then second <laughs> yeah. of all, they are masters of the fake comeback, which is we're going to try as hard, keep these uh, these fans at their seats, uh, keep the, the, the fans glued to the television screens because we're going to make it close in the fourth quarter. And then ultimately lose. Like that's that's kind of the best of the both worlds, right? You're getting an entertaining game, and the Raptors are still losing. So it kind of all comes back to my original point here of yeah, the the Raptors kind of staying put is if they stay put, they can still a miss the playoffs and get a good lottery spot, and b maintain this core, right? To to Dre's point about wanting to keep OG for next year, uh, and 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 beyond, right? So. I don't know. If we're trying to get a good big, this could be the best way to get the best big. You're absolutely right. Right. right? And I looked at the uh, the draft lottery over the last five years, and for some reason, the team that was in the seventh spot always made it into the top four. They always got picked. 
And the Raptors right now are sixth in terms of pre-lottery position. So even if the Raptors like win a few more games and even move up the standings and move down the lottery standings, it could work in their benefit. So mm-hmm. all I'm saying is like, I'm cool with everything staying put, um, but don't be shocked, of course. If yeah. there is a trade, it, it is what it is, right? I don't... I don't see nothing happen. It could be a small change tweak here and there. Uh, if it's going to blow up, um, I'm also not surprised. And when it's going to happen, I think it's probably going to happen sooner than we think. Uh, so by the next time we talk, we might have a new members of the Raptors or who knows, maybe possibly the same. Um, okay. So we'll get back to that when when the time comes. But what just happened before is the uh, All Star reserves. Now here's another sour patch uh, for for the Raptors fans. Notably, a name that was left off the list is our own Pascal Siakam. So let me just run through the list of the West reserves. Uh, the rest All Star reserves were named John Morant, Domantas Sabonis, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Boom boom boom. Uh, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Larry Markkinen, which is great, and Jaron Jackson Jr., which I feel like that's kind of controversial. East All-Star Reserves, Joel Embiid, no surprise there. DeMar DeRozan, kind of a surprise. Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, Tyrese Halliburton. No Pascal Siakam, no James Harden, no Darian Fox. Guys, what do you guys think about this All-Star Reserve? Is there any surprises? Is there any people that that you think shouldn't deserve it or should deserve it or happy. Let me get your thoughts. Dre, we'll start with you, man. Well, first off, um, I've tried saying this again and again and again and again and again. Typically when a team is not doing really well, unless your name is LeBron James or Durant or something, um, you're not going to get selected. Having said that, we know Siakam is having a hell of a season. And if anything, and I feel like this guy's been you know, fun to watch as well. But to me, the biggest surprise is DeMar DeRozan because the Bulls have sucked. The Bulls have been awful. And I would argue that, like, Shea Gilgis Gilgis Alexander, who has been tremendous for the last X amount of years, is finally getting recognized because the OKC Thunder are not bottom-of-the-barrel trash. And that's Mm -hmm. what it took to get him out of there. Now, um... You know, the Raptors aren't hot trash either, but, you know, we're, we're up north. We're not getting that exposure. Um, there are so many reasons, but the team isn't impossible to ignore. Unfortunately, at this date, we are. Now, um, I do feel like it's a snub, but I feel like that was kind of expected, unfortunately. What wasn't expected or what weren't expected, let's toss mul- multiple names. Why not? Um Everybody knows I hate the Knicks more than anything. Like, <laughs> uh, but Jalen Brunson, I feel like Jalen Brunson should be there more than Julius Randle, who's I also do like too. rightfully I there. He's yeah. still rightfully there. The problem is, if you're a seven seed, you're not going to get two names. But why not? Like, they're doing really well, and I expected a little bit more for the Cavaliers, who are like kicking ass outside of Spider Mitchell. Like, what representation do they have? No, James Harden which mm. I think is really silly. Um, I, how often do I shout out the beard on his pod? I don't. But like credit where credit's due, he feels the disrespect. I get it. But to me, outside of Brunson, the biggest, oh my God, the biggest snub, 
De'Aaron Fox is just a slap in the face. Like, mm. and I, you know, I'm sad that Ant didn't make it. I'm sad about all the other names that, I, that I've mentioned. But De'Aaron Fox, who I would argue, and this could be hot, I don't know, has been an all-star caliber player since the start, but he never got his dues because he never had the team around him. Finally has a team around him who's actually going to be playoff bound and they're getting recognized and he doesn't get a spot on the, on the list. Like, I think it's crazy. Mm. Well, I, I think also because they had, uh, who was it? DeMontis. If DeMontis DeMontis. wasn't so good, because like DeMontis, we were talking about this before DeMontis, is definitely the star of the of the kings or like everything uh kind of rolls around him and if it wasn't for demontis being so good one the kings wouldn't be so good and two uh this is probably why darian fox isn't in it i don't think that they would have two kings there i mean if you're not going to have two 76ers in there with james harden not being in there and the 76ers the third in the east right now then i don't think they should have they do have they do have two Grizzlies, though, which I'm not crapping on they, the Grizzlies. I like the team, yeah, but it's yeah, like... you're right. But it's, uh, you know, I mean, I would argue it makes more sense to have two Kings than two Grizzlies, but that's just me. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Darian Fox is a pretty big name. I think Jalen Brunson definitely deserves it, but Julius Randle, I feel like, is a bigger name. Um, DeMar... <laughs> We like Demar. We're not crazy. We love Demar. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're exactly. looking at it logistically, he's a great player and everything, but like the standings just don't show. Like okay. I, I feel like standings are important because unless you're somebody who's untouchable like LeBron James, who's played on the shittiest teams at some points and still got made an all-star because obviously. Um I don't like to me it says well, why is Gobert not back? Because he's not on a team that's doing well. Mm. like to me that really is important like the the bulls aren't just not doing well they're doing really badly really substandard compared to what we thought they would be doing yeah that's another thing they're not just not good they're disappointing so it's almost like if it's disappointment doesn't that kind of negate the all-starness factor around it where it's like where you're underwhelming as opposed to overwhelming us like an all-star shit i don't know but we like tomorrow i'm not like crapping on him i'm just saying like Maybe yeah. that spot could be for somebody else. It, if the standings were a thing, then like the, the Bulls right now in the 10th place, the Pacers right now, if we're talking to Tyrese Halliburton are 11th place. And per Josh Lundberg, the Pascal is, he's averaging 24.9, 8.0 rebounds, 6.2 assists, uh, lead leading in minutes, but is not on the list for, for all-star. Like, I'm pretty sure that's like, first ever for for someone it is, who's it putting is. up those numbers uh, i'll quickly add to those numbers uh that those statistical thresholds have been met 28 times in nba history That's all cool. other 27 have made the all-star team wow. all other wow. 27 wow so, man like siakam really is a, an aberration here um, like that you're talking about if you're talking about statistically speaking st- statistically speaking pascal is a snub not yeah. just like bias aside, statistically, he's a snub. But I was gonna, I was gonna take this in a slightly different direction. But like, if you guys are gonna name snubs, can you name who they should be replacing then? Like, yeah. if, if, if okay, if, yeah, go ahead. Uh, name your snub and name who they're who should come out. Like, who I should, might who need the list pulled up if you have it ready. Yeah, for yeah you. okay, fine, fine. Okay, while you do that, I will ask. I will pose this though. Um, 
we're talking about all-stars right now. We're not talking about the actual best in the league and everything. This is like a vote-based thing. A lot of it's user-based or, you know, what or like viewer-based, let's say. Um, you know, like the entertainment value. This doesn't negate how we feel about like the all-team NBA lineups and stuff. So I still feel like maybe Pascal, if he's still playing as he is, will maybe get his dues in that sort of category as opposed to this one. Mm. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I feel like he's going to make the All-NBA team, like third team, if anything. Yeah. Um. So that might be a little, like, I, I feel like that's more of an accolade than being an All-Star Reserve, but that's just me. Um. Okay. Alrighty. So, Dre, so if we were looking at the All-Star Reserves, Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo. Uh, I posted I posted in our group chat. Oh, okay. Drew yeah. Holiday, so Julius Randle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I mean, this, so, this is tough. Um. The other thing is, is like if I'm like screwing up, who's like a, who's like a forward and who's a guard? Because sometimes, sometimes it's it's tough nowadays when you have like tall point guards and like you know, yeah, small. Yeah, players. that's the thing. Because uh, we're <laughs> you're looking at Demar, Jalen, and Drew as guards, and then Joel and Bead, Bam, Julius Randle, oh, and Tyrese Halliburton. But but then I'm thinking of like, what about? Are there two like wild card spots or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And the wild cards in, in the East very likely were forwards because they have so many forwards, right? That's why Randall yeah. and Bat both got in, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so actually the list I sent you guys is probably not good because it doesn't di- dif- differentiate between East and West. But like... That's okay. Um, I could. I guess, that. okay, go with your, start with your number one snub. Like, and who is that? And who, who would you Pascal. replace them with, right? I would I would definitely put Pascal over uh Damar. <laughs> I know but no Damar's a guard though. Yeah, they're so all I like the that. same position. Would you play So then uh, you're looking at Randall, Randall, Randall or Bam. I, I, look, and I'm not crapping on the Knicks, but I would have Brunson here and I would have Randall replaced by Siakam. Okay. And but then Brun- Brunson they do would have replace. very similar stats, let's be honest. They do have very similar stats, Randall and Siakam. Yeah, but well, we've already outlined that like Siakam's is, is better. Yeah, right. Like it's we're talking once in and first time in NBA history with those kind of stats, not to make the All Star team. So, so Siakam over Randall, Brunson over DeRozan. Yeah, that's yeah. where I go. That's yeah. where I oh go. god, yeah. like no disrespect to DeRozan, but I feel like Brunson has earned it this year. Come on. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and I don't argue. I like I like those picks. Also, I those picks. And I, we can say this because we're Lowry fans. I feel like I could be speaking alone. I don't know. I'm happy Drew Holiday's here, and I'm not. I'm not standing up for any. I'm not like letting any slander hit that guy's name. Like, come on. Like, okay, but but over, <laughs> but over Harden. Oh my god. Uh, That's why it's difficult, mm-hmm. right? I mean. Uh, we can argue all we want about snubs, but like they have to replace someone, right? I know, yeah, I know. Right. Um, right. Would it be spicy if I said, "Oh God, oh this is the type of thing that might bury me"? Keep Drew, but oh no, Pacers are West, though, right? No, no Pacers, Pacers are East. Oh, Pacers oh, are East. Well, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you take Indiana, out, you take no, out Tyrese. Like, yeah, um, maybe for Harden. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, that that's one way to go. Yeah. But you, I, yeah. I don't feel like he should not be there. I feel like Tyrese is there, and I'm happy that he's there and he's balling out. But like, if yeah. if you're having a gun to my head and I have to pick, I don't know, maybe that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Harden, Harden got like really disrespected. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, James Harden not being there is pretty crazy. 
It, no, if you're talking, we're thinking about standings makes a difference. I mean, the the 76ers are third. They're third in the East, and yeah. I get it. Joel Embiid is a reserve, but you you got to get like James Harden is. It's weird not seeing already Kyrie there for one. Um, then I uh, and here's another no, thing. He is there. He is there. He's is he there? Oh, sorry, he's, he's started. started. I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. Um, here's the thing. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be back for All Star, so that's I'm not, probably I'm how like, Siakam gets in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I don't want anybody to be injured. Right. I don't want anybody to be reason why it's injuries or they're not going to play. But if KD isn't available for the All Star, that's the only way that and Pascal goes in. I'm happy with that. Are uh, there any but, other like forwards that people feel like have been snubbed, which might get in before Siakam? Mm, no, Jimmy not is not a four, right? right? Jimmy's a guard. No, no. Yeah, okay. no, that, that's that's it. Like, but then are they? The, are the they fact changing? that we we should we've been talking about this is silly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Siakam <laughs> should be a starter. Well, sorry, so he should be in. It's, Maybe it's not a starter, but yeah, like he should be in. Yeah, he should be yeah. in. Sorry, yeah. But if they were to change, uh, or substitute kevin durant is it because like can it be a forward or is durant uh considered a guard no he, he's he's definitely a forward so he's if durant's still injured yeah my guess would be yeah that's how siakam gets in yeah 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 okay and then i don't know what happens what if irving gets traded to the west like what does that mean doesn't right? he just well, stay because isn't that uh what happened when harden oh no harden went from the Nets. no he to, went from east to east yeah. yeah east to east so it didn't matter yeah but oh he was left last i remember that, yeah, that was the best part <laughs> and that's what's gonna be great about this like andre i you know jason caught me un- very unprepared last week when we talked about it but like um the draft is happening live oh god right before the game like <laughs> oh, no. oh they were, like it's gonna be amazing to see that draft happen like like playground style as they're about to play. You know what's like, great though? People were so upset. Not everybody, but some people were so upset that it was um Giannis that was doing the draft and not KD. I think we're very lucky that it's not KD now because we might have actually seen a murder on national television. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're doing yeah. great that it's not. And it's Giannis is gonna be he's gonna be chill. It's gonna be it's gonna be the diffuser of the situation. Yeah. 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 If it was KD, like he remember last year, he would try he, they tried their very best to k- get KD to draft James Harden. It was, and it was the most cringeworthy best thing I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> Kate, if KD was there, I think yeah, you're right, Dre. It would have been some sort of like. I would say LeBron kind of was kind of the instigator. It was like, you know, he's not going to draft Harden, and LeBron just like, all right, well, I will just continue not drafting Harden. Then let's see how far we take yeah. this. Right? It's like it's like playing so, a game of chicken. This is where I, I I don't know like apples and oranges because I'm not an NHL fan, but the there was a, a hockey player from the Canucks who just got traded to yeah. it was yeah, the Horvath? captain, wasn't it? Yeah, Bull yeah, Bull Horvath. Yeah. And and so that right before the NHL All Star game, so they said, "What are you going to do? Like, how how are they going to change that up?" So I believe he's going to be representing whomever he was traded to. So <laughs> if this oh, okay. is the case for, for Kyrie, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be representing that team. The Lakers. Let's, let's, let's yeah. just say yeah, it. Let's just say it. Let's the just Lakers. say it. Uh, <laughs> can't roll my will... eyes further enough. Oh, man. <laughs> I love the NBA, man. <laughs> there is not, not a day, not one day goes by where some sort of ruckus happens. It's absolute chaos every single time. 
Players mm-hmm. have a good game and they get drug tested. You're absolutely right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's always so something. That's so true. Oh, you oh, scored 30 God. instead of 20. We're, we're going to have to like check you out as a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez, man. Every time I try to, we try to talk about something that isn't related to Kyrie, he keeps interrupting our podcast. So apparently right. the three teams who are exploring interest. Or Dallas have exploring is one, right? Interest. Yeah. Lakers, Dallas, and Phoenix. So... How Fire is Alex going to Chris Paul's on his way out? But I think we knew that. Okay, so I was talking to Christine about this in the car. Um, three trade. I don't know how this the money works or how the draft picks works, but three trade possibility. Okay, Chris mm-hmm. Paul going to Brooklyn, Kyrie going to Toronto, Fred VanVleet going to Phoenix. I want no part of Kyrie's drama. <laughs> this is like worse than the Kawhi. This is like I actually don't want to. Yeah, I don't want that. But I'm I'm throwing it into the trade machine anyways. If he can't handle the Boston court because he doesn't like the feel of the wood, do you think he's going to want to move up here where it's cold and shit? No, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, Or that he has to test uh, negative. And he has to cross the border every time. Uh, It's not happening. Not happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like that's enough Kyrie talk. Let's take a break, man. Let's let's come back. Uh, I gotta I gotta ask you guys a funny question. Okay, let's take a break. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, I was like, come on, Kyrie Irving. That's completely unreasonable. So during the break, all that stuff you heard, that's what he wants, as you know, per his trade. Come, come on, Kyrie. Like, just, just make it a clean break and just go. Like, whatever that product or service is, you don't need that too. Come on. But you at home, you could use that. It's funny because we're going to be off this network soon and, uh, and opting to another one eventually. Yeah, so that's going to make it worse for us, Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Goddamn. Uh, welcome back to That's a Red Podcast. The podcast by Ratchet has four episodes fans. Boys, there's never a day that goes by without NBA drama. Kyrie wants out. Where is he going? Possibly the Lakers, Suns, Mavericks, Toronto? Uh, no, I don't think no. so. Uh, okay, I'm pretty sure you guys seen this. The The refs are having a pretty uh, hard go the last couple of days, weeks, months, years. Uh, and why. I'm pretty sure you've seen that clip of LeBron um, or I guess what happened was during the Lakers and Boston Celtics game at the end of the regulation, uh, Braun was going up for a layup and Jason Tatum clearly, clearly hit him in the arm. It should have been a foul. And there was a ref right there and they didn't call it. They went into overtime where the Lakers lost the best part of that. It wasn't how 
LeBron reacted because that was pretty intense. The best part has to be uh, Patrick Beverly taking the courtside camera from media <laughs> camera and going up to a head official and and showing the picture. Uh, there wasn't even any picture on it. He just like got it there as a prop and said foul, and then they gave him a technical foul. That was well, yeah, has for to one. be. He did. He 100% did, but that has to be one of the funniest, most creative texts I've ever seen in my life as a as an NBA fan. And I ask you guys this, is there any other text, funny text that you can recall that you can remember? Cuz I remember a few. I I, I know you guys claim, are NBA fans. I have to claim the best one. Sorry, I have to do it. Okay. Um, okay, which one is your favorite? Man? Uh Tim Duncan sitting on the bench laughing yes. and getting two teas from, <laughs> yeah, from Joey yeah, Crawford. Yeah, yes, to Joey Crawford. Oh, that's <laughs> the best. That's the best one. No, Come yeah, on, yeah, like, for I'm sure. sorry. That's like the only one that matters. That's like the greatest <laughs> text of all time. Or uh, yeah. the greatest ejection of all time cuz he got two. It, it really is. It really was. He was just he was just sitting there and he started laughing and that was it. Joey Crawford is like, you're out of here. He was sitting on the bench. He wasn't even like coming into the game at all. Joey Crawford and, should have been watching the game. Like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, exactly. He definitely has some sort of vendetta or maybe Tim Duncan says something. Maybe. It's Tim but, Duncan. What did he say? Hello? Have you heard <laughs> like what the like the urban myths about like what his uh what his trash talk sounds like? Oh, you missed your layup. Got you there. Like, his, he, this is Tim Duncan. What could he have said? Right? Oh, man. That that was one of the funniest, funniest all-time tags I've ever seen. Sorry, uh, I had to steal that one. I'm sorry. It's that the might only be, one that matters to me. That might be number one. You're not wrong. That might be number one. Uh, Jay, what about you? Do you have one that you can recall? Uh, I you, need, you guys need to correct me because, again, my memory sucks. But wasn't there a Cavs-Raps game where LeBron got hit? by like Tristan Thompson and the ref thought it was a Raptor and then yes gave that Raptor attack and ejected him. It, it was during like, the playoffs, wasn't it? It was during, yeah, it was during the playoffs. I don't know uh, if it was an ejection, but it was for sure something. And it was the biggest load of crap. And I was so angry. <laughs> I feel like it was like, I don't know. It was a big, it was like JV or, or Tucker or beyond or something. And it was like, what the hell, man? No one touched LeBron but his own teammate. Oh, yeah. was then it he yeah. Because they had his number the whole time because Biombo was the only guy that was like matching against the Cavs that we got screwed when he got ejected eventually. Not from this, but eventually he got ejected. So maybe yeah, that was I, the first tech? I don't know. That's, yeah, that's the only one that's coming to mind. I'm sure there are others, but like, yeah. I, I knew you'd be able to remember at least who it might have been, but I, yeah, I it definitely be was a playoff game. I, I, I might be wrong. I'm like, it, this was a really long time ago at this point seven years ago almost but uh wow. well, yeah it was 2016 right or was it the uh another year 2017 what, whatever it was it was ages ago i don't remember mm. who it was but i just remember there was some tomfoolery and i was already angry with all the bullshit calls anyway so <laughs> i remember yeah. there being something i feel like those kind of calls i kind of just try to take that out of my memory because of how angry i was well, that's probably. probably what it is. I just tried to move on. Where it's like, all right, Rod's going to the finals again, and I just tried yeah. to like shut it out. So that, like, that's why my memory's <laughs> hazy. That was a pretty bad one. Uh, you guys have to remember this one too. Uh, Rashid Wallace as a Portland Trailblazer. <laughs> yeah, you remember I, when he was just like he just looked. He just looked at at the ref, but he didn't do the, nothing. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He just side eyed him and just walked off. And then he got teed up for his second technical. Continued to walk off, and then and then the the ref was like, he was looking at me funny, man. 
He was looking at me funny, so I told him to stop, but he looked at me funny, so I teed him up, and then Rashid and, and Wallace says, just uh, walked away. Yeah, who's his uh, teammate? He was like, but he didn't even do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember who it was. I don't remember. That was He, funny, he didn't say man. nothing. He's like, he didn't he say didn't, anything. You're absolutely he didn't say, right. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have to say anything. He was just looking at me. Ooh, that was a good one, man. Come on. Uh, so good. But unlike so Ted Duncan, Sheet has actually said a lot of crap. So, yes. I mean, to be yes. fair, maybe he did say something at some point. I mean, the original ball don't lie, God, right? Like he yeah. he said he's he said a lot of shit. I feel like unlike him Tim and Duncan, KD, he's one of the kings of trash talking. So yes, yes agreed. I feel like him, KD, Gary Payton are pretty high up there when it comes to trash talking. Oh, KG ruined yeah. Cheerios for me. That's all I know. Um, KG ruined Cheerios. Explain. Oh, I can't. I, I literally can't <laughs> explain it on the air. You have to Google it. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay, too inappropriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, NSF MJ as well. Yeah. MJ and Larry Bird are huge trash talkers too. Like, we yeah, yeah, ones. yeah. That's what I've heard too. I feel like Larry Bird is like low key one of the best trash talkers, but not anymore. Really... Like his uh, his reputation has really come out. People know mm. that he's a shit talker. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder who is the biggest shit talker today. Do you think it's Pat Bev? Oh, he's up there. Right. Um. Uh, oh. Anthony Edwards, John Morant, they're pretty bad too. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. But I don't know. Tr- like ignorance can ignorance and trash talking kind of are kind of a little bit different to me. Like John right. Morant hasn't John Morant and, the, and that whole team hasn't done much yet. They will be like they're uh, they're the up and coming risers. But like I feel like someone like Chris Paul is probably a seasoned trash talker because he's been there he knows how to get under your skin marcus smart's probably another trash talker kyle lowry like all the point guard point guards that probably have to be kind of hot-headed a little bit in order to make it to this league uh patrick beverly of course too i think he's a big big trash talker. anyways if you guys know what tell me what your favorite texts are because those rashid was probably one of my favorites and that tim duncan one's good too um what do you guys want to end off on? Do you want to end off on a positive note when it comes to the Raptors, or do you guys want to talk about the last, the latest episode? Because <laughs> you know where I'm leaning, man. Go, go for it, man. Go for it. Okay, Dre, Dre Jay, and Dre, you both seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. We okay, have- oh, the latest um, episode. Yeah, yeah, the latest episode. That was one of the best episodes. Like not just the Last of Us, like the best acted episodes i've watched in a very very long time and it was heartbreaking and it was beautiful uh and i'm so glad that they that they kind of went away from the actual storyline to have this bottle episode that they call it because because jay uh frank is actually in this in the game but he's not part of it like he's you, you you see him but he's actually like when you see him he is dead uh and all you hear from bill is that he was his partner and that was it we that also basically... do get like a suicide note from frank yeah, as well um exactly and the suicide note indicates that their relationship was actually quite hostile yeah that, they like um, hated each other yeah it insinuates that bill's a bit of a gaslighter and um mm-hmm. 
he didn't care like frank didn't care for how invested into conspiracy theories that he was and he was like trying to basically get away but his final act of love was to um unfortunately uh prevent himself from infecting bill when he got infected in the way that i just stated a very uh very sad way so yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. very different (laughs) very 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 different so the fact that we get a love story here and uh how they because nobody in this series and in this world wins right everybody is kind of trying to survive as much as possible like joel and ellie and tess uh but they these two beautiful men they 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 won they won in life they got all together right and it's just crazy how in such disarray of a world that they still find two lovers that that found each other some way somehow a miracle that the universe just kind of put these two people together that were meant to be together even around this whole chaos so you know the fact that the the creators decided in the beginning while pitching this whole story was that the last of us isn't just a zombie apocalyptic action thriller whatever in the core of it it's a love story and it can be terrifying and it can be beautiful and the terrifying part is joel you know joel and tess uh uh they're trying to like navigate this whole world together and then now it's joel and ellie uh, you'll find you'll find out a little bit more about the relationship later. It, but this time it's like it can also be beautiful, which is this side of Bill and Frank. So it's so interesting to see them go away from the game, but also be very in part of the game. They they kind of took this opportunity to tell the story of of Bill, which I feel like a lot of people wanted to know. And the last thing about this, I know I'm going a little bit long because I. I I, I just love this episode. The last thing about this is that in the game, when you visit Bill, when you meet Bill, ruckus occurs. So much shit happens. You're trying to go through a whole town of booby traps and, and infected. Um, so a lot of people watching this would be like, okay, Bill is happening. I can't wait to see a bloater. I can't wait to you know go through all these booby traps and stuff like that. But you don't get to see that. They just they took a 180 on you. And you either hate it or love it. And I, for one, freaking loved this episode. So that's my take. Thank you for letting me know that. No, honestly, like it's, I, and, and again, I, and I say this every time we talk about The Last of Us is that, you know, I come at this from the angle of not playing the game. So even from my angle, it was outstanding, right? And, and, you know, in, in our group chat, I'd, I'd mentioned how, how amazing the episode it was. And like you said, the best, right? As a bottle episode too, right? You can, absolutely just come into this without knowing much about what happened in the first two episodes, not knowing much about the game and just watch this episode and really just enjoy it. You can really get a good grasp of, of their story. And it's such, it's so well acted. It's so well written Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, you know, it, it really does stand out. And honestly, like, because this is the type of season that is, kind of old school where you know you're you're be you're not binging it you're not being given everything in one shot it does allow for the episode itself to kind of breathe a bit right Agreed. and, and mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of seeing that in terms of the the, the reaction that we're getting and you know it's 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 really done it really well done and, and also it, it kind of it does its job in terms of 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 
filling in some gaps in, in the storyline, but also teases you in terms of what's going to happen next. Because let's face it, like as, as amazing an episode as it was, it really was uh, just just a branch to the larger tree, the, the larger, you know, storyline plotline that, right. that this story is going to go with. Right. So right. I cannot wait. I really yeah. I cannot wait um, to see what what happens next. If, if people are looking for action, just watch on Sunday. But like this was just the perfect, uh, I don't know, sidestep <laughs> for The Last of Us. Like this is a zombie show, right? You know, oh. you, you're watching all the all the Twitter uh, reaction, all the TikTok reactions. And everyone was like, what the hell? You're expecting to have, you know, action and zombies and trying to get through an apocalyptic world. And you get this beautiful love story. Like how many shows can you not name do this to pull at your heartstrings? Uh, I know, and just I know Dre will name one. Dre will, Dre will yeah, name that's one. True. And I am, that's true. I, and I've jumped in. Uh, I'm four episodes into The Leftovers. Oh my gosh, is it good? I got to watch that, man. It's one of, the greatest, one of the greatest shows of all time. I'm, I'm telling you, it is. <laughs> man. Yeah, there's two there's two shows that Dre has told me to watch, and one of them is Leftovers, and the other one is Atlanta. And I feel like it won't be disappointing mm. both of them. Atlanta's also incredible. Um, yeah, I don't even think I necessarily agree that the third episode, uh, Long, Long Time, I think it's called, um, mm-hmm, of The yes. Last of Us is an aside or anything. Mm. Literally, it's a reminder that in this world, everybody's aching because of who they lost. And yeah. Uh, what separates the game from the, the, the game is much more cynical in tone and yes. it's different because you're playing the game and you're fending off. You're trying to do whatever you're trying to do in the game. I understand why there's such a big shift in the show because it's getting at some of the other themes in a different way. And to me, it's basically explaining here are two people. And um, part of this is my own interpretation. Part of this is what I've read other critics and whatnot, uh, how they deliver this, this episode. Um, Here's a man who taught himself how to survive, but he didn't know how to live because Mm. he was in this bunker. um, Didn't leave. Like he like fended for himself and he knew how to survive. He knew how to live in the sense that he could cook a damn good rabbit. But uh, (laughs) outside of that, like uh, he was like living for himself. Then came somebody else who knew how to live but didn't know how to survive. Frank, who like falls in the trap and needs needs to be tended to, and they were perfect for one another. And uh, Bill puts it perfectly where he said, "I was never afraid until I met you." Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm paraphrasing here. His way of basically saying he didn't care about death and everything because he didn't care about life, but now his life has a purpose, and um, that's this big reminder of. And a lot of shows do stuff like this. You know, you brought up The Leftovers. The third episode of The Leftovers as well is a bit of a, not a detour and aside, but like a, an encapsulated episode that kind of feels like its own short film, like in the same way that this one does. Um, that sticks with you for, throughout the entire rest of the series. It leaves you this important message where it's like, right, we know who some of the characters are, what the story's all about. Let's give you this little bug in your head to keep you thinking this way throughout the entire series. So you always remember the relationships and why they're so vital in a post-apocalyptic world, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of shows do stuff like this, like especially nowadays. So uh, you brought up Atlanta as well, Jason. 
Mm-hmm. So, like that show is one of the most episodic yet serialized shows I've, I think I've ever seen. Each and every single episode feels like it's from its own universe. Um, and they do a lot of like one-offs kind of like this, but they're all important in the bigger picture. And I feel like we don't know what the bigger picture is until we proceed forward, but we have the vantage point of having played the game. So we get the general gist of the bigger picture. So we could already tell having played the game, why this romance is so important. And mm-hmm. um, I don't want to cater to the idiots at all. But this is important, whether you like it or not, and this isn't shoving propaganda down your throat. Mm -hmm. Fucking grow up. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why I don't even want to think about it, because this is a beautiful episode all on it all on its own you don't even have to like video games you don't even have to like shows or movies this was just a beautifully well done episode so watch it if you haven't uh this is <laughs> i know we're talking about the raptors but this is also a this the last of us podcast because i've always wanted to do one <laughs> so i appreciate you guys doing that for me but uh jay i know that you put on the trade that the, the trade machine it, it works i told you it works i'm just i'm just letting you know i'm just saying Toronto Ky- getting Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie to the Raptors, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder to the Nets, Fred <laughs> and Chris Boucher to the Suns. Yeah. It works. I can see this. Don't tell, don't tell me that Masai and Bobby aren't looking at their phones and they're not, their phones are blown up right now. Don't tell me that. This is oh, disastrous. Kyrie. Disastrous. Love it. Uh, okay, let's end it here. Uh, thanks for listening to That's a Rep Podcast. Until next week, That's a Rep. Uh, shout out to uh, poor uh, poor uh, Spider Mitchell's testicles. Uh, may they rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was just I was just looking at his response too. I've been busting his ass for years. Love it. <laughs> Love it.